0: Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of Data Protection Gumbo. Welcome to another episode of Data Protection Gumbo. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro. And we have a special guest on with us today, Jerome Wynn. And he is the president and founder of the Data Center Intelligence Group, or DCIG. And he has been recognized as one of the foremost technology analysts in the enterprise data storage and data protection industries. So I humbly welcome you to Data Protection Gumbo, Jerome. How are you today?
1: I am well, Demetrius. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, awesome. You have been running DCIG for quite some time. So give us some information about DCIG and also yourself really briefly before we dive into the questions here.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, DCIG, again, as you mentioned, it stands for the Data Center Intelligence Group. DCIG was founded in 2007. And so we've been doing this for over 15 years now. Basically, the, the folks of DCIG is where we're, we're, we're primarily end users who've uh, become analysts, you know, we've gone over the dark side uh, and cover technologies. We're basically really good at explaining the business value of technology. That's really what we did in our roles as end users. And we've sort of taken those practices that we've learned in our end user environment and brought that forward into the analyst space. So some of our publications, like we look largely at the technology side and really try to help explain the business value. Some of our, our more notable reports, are our top five reports, our competitive intelligence reports, not just here's a new technology, but really what the business impact is going to be and what their value is to the business. Then. So we that's really what we did in our end user roles. Most of us were leaders in our Respective organizations brought new technologies forward, and you know now we're you know just doing the same thing on a broader scale.
0: Okay, well, well, awesome. I am ready to tap your brain and to see exactly what you have uh, in your head. Let's see, can we get it out <laughs> uh, into audio format? One thing I'm curious about. So you've been around. You've been around a while, and you you've um, created and uh, also provided some super critical uh, information and uh, analysis of the industry and so you've seen technology shift and change over the last 10-15 years and as it comes to you know protecting data workloads and applications and you know cloud has also become a thing and that has spawned like a whole nother universe of, of technology nowadays So I'm I'm really curious to see your short story on the changes that have happened in the last ten or fifteen years, and how critical those changes were, or you know how simple or how complex, or how complex and how simple, or how, you know, they've morphed to uh, to talk about.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny you ask that question, right, you know, sort of lead off here, because literally I was just writing an article right now about, I literally just saw someone send me an over a, uh, an email a week or two ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And guess how big the file size was in this, that this company was working with?
0: Mm, gig?
1: One single <laughs> file. 1.8 exabytes. What? Yeah, that was my reaction. That was a exactly.
0: database, right? <laughs>
1: I, I don't know what it was i mean you know it was a it was but it was a 1.8 exabyte file mm-hmm. not talking the whole data center we're talking a single file and you know when i you know just think about okay 20 years ago when i was working as a storage guy i was managing 10 terabytes of storage okay people mm-hmm. like almost when i told them imagine 10 ex you know 10 terabytes people looked at me in disbelief right. yeah and now, when I said you know I, I saw for the first time you know not just file the you know not just the whole data center but one single file that's almost almost two exabytes yeah. in size, I had that same sort of look of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know so you think about where things are going to be now in another twenty years, and you know now when you think about ten terabytes, that's what we have in our desktop right now. Okay, or in our home, you know, are we really going to have ten exabytes of storage in our homes? I, I don't know. I mean, I that seems almost too far fetched, but you know maybe maybe that will come. But so when you think about you know these, these are sort of the ramifications sort of a good illustration of as far as where and how quickly things are changing and i'd say probably one of the biggest changes i'm seeing right now is this this rapid shift towards software as a service platform as a service and you know I, I, the term i'm seeing is xaas or everything as a service yeah right. where and you know companies are rapidly going down this path down this path and i think for somewhat obvious reasons i mean you know, having worked in the data center, you have to, you know, whether you're, you know, if you're setting up, uh, you know, servers and hardware and networking, and have to install the software, maintain it, do all the bug patches, and protect against ransomware. It's like. Who wants I mean, all I'm trying to do is, you know, work in QuickBooks or or work with a video conferencing. I mean, you know, Microsoft 365 is a great example. I mean, who I mean you want to send an email, so why does it cost me, you know, a half a million dollars to send my first email if I have to build an exchange infrastructure? Why not just let Microsoft deal with it and let them deal with all the and, and or whoever, you know, no matter who you're dealing with, whether you're backup as a service or whatever. So I can see the shift that's happening. So, you know, so is it making it easier on companies? On one hand, absolutely. You know, you don't have to think about all the infrastructure. I mean, you can go out, you can go out somewhere, subscribe to it, get cloud storage, you can get backup as a service, you get Microsoft 365. I mean, it's. I mean, really, in an afternoon, you can you can create a company and you create all get you know, all the services you need. So that's really exciting. But I think what companies are largely failing to recognize is there's still a lot of complexity that they're not they're not taking into consideration. You know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time right now. I was really understanding. Like, how do you protect this data? How do you recover it? Uh, what happens if the service provider goes offline? I think you have time to maybe sit back and you know think more deeply about some of the stuff because before it was always kind of it was always like you're running a um, you know most most guys I know who are in the IT industry it's like you're just trying to make it to five o'clock because you're almost like almost in like firefighter mode you're just trying to keep everything together till five o'clock so hopefully you can go home and you know get back you know and not be on call all night you're just trying to hold it all together so so that that's really a big change I think. We're, we're seeing you know, a more mature architecture for organizations that they can work you know, through these software as a service, platform as a service, infrastructure, you know, what have you. But as you're you know, sort of simplifying, making those tasks easier to perform and manage, now you have to kind of step back and say, okay, what, what things haven't I had time to think about for the last 5, 10, 20 years that I need to start focusing on right. and really optimize so if these things do, do fail or we do have an incident, how do I recover from that?
0: So as you were speaking, that you mentioned X as a service, so you just throw whatever term uh, in place of that X, right? And so, yeah, you know, one thing that, that I think is still some type of misconceptions out there around data being protected is around software as a service. And, you know, M365 and Salesforce and ServiceNow and GitHub and... <laughs> Atlassian. And I mean, the the list goes on because there's hundreds and hundreds and maybe even thousands of SaaS applications out there, right? There are. So are are you going to, as you as a company, you know, scales, right? Enterprise-sized companies has hundreds of SaaS applications, right? So let's say 100, 150 SaaS applications. Each one has their own set of security controls and different settings that that you actually have to go in and and modify to continue to lock down your environment, not to mention making sure that data is resilient and backed up and protected. Right. So why, from your perspective, why is is, is it important to, number one, go analyze which SaaS applications you have out there and find out for yourself, are they Protected, are you able to recover in case something happens to right. that data?
1: So, you, you know, I think that's sort of a, a key phrase because, you know, if you ask any any SaaS provider, are they going to say, is my data protected? Their answer will be yes, of course it is. We have a highly available environment, you know, we're in, across, you know, umpteen different data centers, you know, it's all highly available. So to say it's unprotected isn't, you know, that's not an accurate statement, but to say is it protected in the sense of is it being backed up and recoverable such that if, I I still think, you know, I think the two biggest threats companies face right now are, you know, me, Jerome, you know, you know, me, the end user fat fingering something and actually deleting something. Because I've done that in my own career where I fat fingered something or I did something uh, stupidly and I've, you know, deleted, you know, a critical file or database or misconfigured something. And then. This ransomware threat is just—it's—it's uh, it's out of control. I mean, you know, I just—you know, all I have to do is like, you know, who's the top of the list this week? You know, I was, I know the two things that come to mind this week are what—it's like the U.S. Marshals Office uh, was the one that was most recently attacked, and I think uh, what was a Dole or something like that. You know, so I mean, it's not like no company is immune from this. And to say that you know, for companies to put their head on the ground, law, it's not going to affect me. Uh, you know, I started. I started observing just how many companies are being attacked, and it. So I've come to the it's not a matter of if you're going to be attacked; it's a matter of when. I mean, it's just the probabilities are so high; it's off the charts. So mathematically, you will be attacked, and odds are it will get through. So when it hits the SaaS providers, you know, any of them, they're, you know, can they bring their infrastructure back up? Can they bring the application back up? Yes, they'll handle that for you. But everyone is going to say to you, "Well, it's your data; it's your responsibility to protect. Uh, it's your responsibility to protect it." So what does that look like in a SaaS environment? I mean, how do you, you know, like one one of the SaaS providers, even DCIG uses, like they create backups uh, of, of the data we use, and I checked that ahead of time. Okay, but what happened? You know, A month ago, one of the providers we use, the provider I use, they went offline for a month, or not a month, but for a day. For a day, they went offline because, uh, in this case, someone smelled fire or they smelled smoke in the data center, so they shut down everything. Well, it's great they have it backed up, but I'm still sitting here, I don't have a copy of my data. <laughs> okay. So these are these are key questions that companies you know, like I was saying sort of on, you know, during my opening monologue there where companies have to be, you know, have to sort of sit back and think they almost have to think about what are these unimaginable possibilities, because these unimaginable possibilities, when you have everything stored somewhere else, you have to sort of account for those. And so whether it's ransomware, whether it's someone fat fingering or making a mistake, or whether it's something, you know, just even if it's still a still natural disaster or you know, in this case, a fire, there are potential of fire, you know, these risks still exist. And you probably want a copy of that data someplace where you can get, it, get access to it. So you have to start thinking about these sort of scenarios where I think the role of companies has to be less about, you know, just keeping everything up during production hours. But how do we account for, the, for these uh, unexpected incidents to keep things uh, available? And where do we have to have data stored and backed up because even if you, you know, first off, how do you back it up and get it out of there? If they even offer to, because like like you mentioned, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of SaaS applications, but most. But, but ask how many SaaS applications has someone to back up their software? Well, they don't. There's there's a Microsoft. I mean, there's you mentioned a few of them: Microsoft three hundred and sixty five, Salesforce, Google Workspace. They're the only ones that really offer formal ones. So we need to, you know, it's really incumbent upon the data protection providers to come up with solutions to help companies uh, accomplish this. Because, uh, you know, I'm sorry, no IT department uh, is going to, you know, uh, try to write scripts to uh, export data of all these because that becomes equally complex and unreliable as as yeah you know, it just doesn't become it's just not a, it's not a, a feasible solution so that's really what i sort of see as the you know sort of the really it's a greenfield opportunity challenge but also an opportunity for all these uh providers out there to up yeah. with solutions to this. and
0: you you also mentioned something as well and you you said that um it, it's the data right so absolutely you, you are responsible for your own data. And if the SaaS application goes down, then you can't get access to that particular SaaS application, right? Unless That's right. you That's have right. another solution that you can actually get access to that data that had a copy, an accurate, up-to-date copy of that information. And it, it's granular enough to have the metadata also the data itself, so it could be smart enough to know, okay, here's what changed, here's where it is. If I point and click, there's a parent, there's a child. I mean, it's just super, you know, intelligent. Yeah. Uh, and what, what I'm getting at here is more around, you know, the intelligence built in to perform these, you know, instantaneous backups or backups on a regular basis. But uh, yes. what do you see artificial intelligence uh, sitting within the, the entire framework of you know, protecting workloads and SaaS applications, are you, you, you're not seeing doom and gloom like kind of an Elon Musk view, you know, that, you know, things are going to get destroyed right. and chat GPT is going to, you know, bring down the um, yeah, yeah. traffic lights or something. I, I don't know, just crazy scenarios. But wh- where do you see AI, AI? you see it as, as as helping or hindering?
1: Well, I you know, I think it's obviously going to help. I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, as I, I view myself as, you know, uh, An analyst second, a technologist first, and so you know, I've I don't see technology as bad. I see you know maybe wrong applications or misapplications of it in many cases that people aren't using maybe the way it was intended. And you know sometimes that's a good thing. Maybe people find new uses for it. So I'm not, uh, but when you say, look, I say right now I think the biggest use I'm seeing of AI, maybe the two biggest uses I'm seeing AI right now is. First off, a lot of it's being used for sort of ransomware det- detection and uh, in that in that context, uh, you know, it, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's no panacea. I mean, it doesn't solve every issue with ransomware, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's a good early warning and maybe even just help isolate and help companies wear it. And, you, and you're seeing a number of products come to market in that space that that are incorporating that, which I think is a, is, is a good practical use of it. And it's, it's uh, where it's just analyzing signatures and data to see if they might you know and, and patterns of behavior uh changes in the data so that you know that's all that, that's all that's all great and wonderful um you know i think where i'm also you know, i also starting to see is a better use of uh understanding you know data placement data optimization um yeah someone just, you know you, t- you talk about just the the hundreds or thousands of SaaS applications well right now someone just brought to my attention here also just last week you know you ask how many cloud mm-hmm. storage providers there are, okay? <laughs> well, yeah. there's dozens, if not hundreds, of those now, okay? Right. And they all have different tiers of storage. And I mean that. So you almost need. You're going to need. It's just more than one person can manage. That's all I'm trying. I mean, I. I mean, I'm an analyst, mm-hmm. but I have to use this to even help me just aggregate all the data and try to try to assimilate it all. So where I see AI playing a role is just being the data gatherer. So you can like like I just used Chat GPT the other day, okay? Like give me, you know, list 10 cloud storage providers, okay, or list me 50 of them, okay? I mean, that's sort of, I mean, normally I'd have to hire someone to do that, or I'd have to do it myself. Uh, so, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a valuable tool for me to even doing my research. It just helps me sort of gain that baseline information. So rather than, you know, going to Google or hunting and packing, it just brings all it to the forefront. Now, I me mean, it doesn't gather them all, but it gives me enough so I can at least get a good starting point and do my analysis. But as far as what's coming and how I can analyze it and draw defensible conclusions, I mean, there's still going to be a huge human... human I mean, right now, I just see it as a good way to just aggregate data and provide better answers to your question without getting...
0: Mm-hmm, I'm Thirty-seven mm-hmm.
1: Google ads before you find before you find the response to your answer, if that makes sense. Yeah, and
0: you you know on on data protection gumbo, I like to mix things up a little bit, and so we we, we may okay. jump around on topics, uh, but <laughs> that's fine. Great, <laughs> uh, and I, I promise to do, to to deliver a an episode that the listeners will will still end up liking anyway. But you know, <laughs> as you were uh, speaking there, you know, I, I really kind of saw, I, I saw like, you know, your brain power and how you were working there, but I'm curious, like if you're working on, on a piece, uh, like you, you are, you have this big research paper right. or buyer's guide or whatever the case, it may be some type of analysis work that you sure. do. And I know I'm getting off topic, but I'm, I'm just I'm trying sorry. to figure out what, what's your process like? Do you just go out and do a whole lot of, uh, information gathering and then you, spend some time on, on sifting through the information and then, you know, compiling the best sources and like, what's your process Re- really quick? I'm, I'm just kind of curious.
1: You know, we're not, we're not a nonprofit. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, you know Jerome's just going to, you know, grab a cup of coffee, light a cigarette, say, what are we going to talk about today? I mean, we, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes I wish it was like that, but unfortunately that doesn't always pay the bill. So, you know, I, so I, I have to look at you yeah. know what are companies looking at? What are the, what are the trends that are driving? You know, I mean, how, how do I, how do I grow my business that in such a way that, you know, I, I look at what the end user environments are doing and, you know, what they're needing, but also, you know, you know, frankly, I have to look at where, you know, where my you know potential clients' marketing budgets and dollars are as well. So, and then I basically sort of bring those, in. okay, so what, where are users interested? Where are they going? And, you know, then I sort of weigh that and like, okay, how, how can we charge for the services we're going to deliver? and and the research we're doing because you know you know i like to eat just as much as anyone else like a roof over my head so yeah so those all i mean it, it's their business decisions largely is how i how i drive my research but uh and then uh you know we our analysts work accordingly and we yeah you know like even like these these right. reports that we produce i mean we we're, we're not you know we we know biases creep in i mean any analyst who said he's not biased i mean that, that's just not possible okay so we we like we, the reason we came up with these top five reports that we do. I mean, to be frank, it's like, okay, it yeah, there's probably some bias for the results, but frankly, by looking at top five, we really try to help our, our you know, any end users say, okay, listen, if you're to help you get to a short list. Because when you have again, when you type in cloud storage and you get 75 results, well, okay, well what what am I trying to do? Am I trying to do, use it for backup, archival, production, um, file storage? and then out of those 75 you know there's 15 that do that which five should I maybe be looking at so I can figure which is the best for my own environment so so that's really what we try to do we try to we look at you know the technology we look at you know what end users are you know what problems they're struggling with and then we try to you know and then try to align that so we can stay in business as well and charge for the research we do okay. it's something something people find
0: valuable. And, and I know you have lots of conversations with C-level executives like CIOs and CISOs. And uh, what's the trend? What's the hot trend that will close us out in 2023 in besides security? You can't say security. You can't say ransomware. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make it hard. <laughs> okay. So,
1: so, okay. So, uh, you know, I, you know, Frankly, people are still having you know. I mean, we've we've been talking about backup for years, but now I think it's just like I would say cloud storage is really going to just different application of it. Again, as I'm I'm looking at all these cloud storage solutions that are coming out there, you know, I mean, there's some that are actually you know just specializing in the edge now, where you get cloud object storage at the edge, so they can do it that way and deliver it that way uh, for faster replication, and because more people, people are working remotely. Um, so I just think you're going to see cloud storage become uh, I mean, most of us are familiar with like maybe AWS or Azure Blob or Google, but really, that's just sort of like the that's the iceberg above the water that you see. I mean, there's there's way. I mean, there's like another you know fifty if not hundreds more below the surface that are specializing in very you know that are they're doing a lot of very innovative and neat things that people are just sort of starting to uncover, and that hasn't really made the mainstream yet because. You know, again, people just haven't even looked that close because again, there's so many out there and we're just starting to sort of unpack that as well It's like what is all going on with mm, cloud mm-hmm. storage because it's it's not what it was even you know three or four years ago It's it's really taken off.
0: yeah and it, it reminds so cloud storage and just storage in general has always been that unsexy thing that sits in the background that no one thinks about but you <laughs> right. know, it's almost like underwear, right so you you have well. to have some, some type of under, underwear on yep. <laughs> right in order to feel right. comfortable. Right. Right, but you don't go around asking people, "Hey, yeah, what kind? Right. You know, do you, you know. have on?" But but, I, <laughs> but you gotta but have. Some. Well,
1: I think it's you know, and maybe it's something that uh, you know. Again, it's never been a sexy thing. I mean, I I mean, I partly got into storage back in the day because I thought, well, you know, it's it's something everyone's going to be using. You know, I mean, storage is something you always needs. But when you really start going into it. There's so many different layers to, it and so many ways it's delivered. It's uh, it's actually a pretty fa- it's it's actually a pretty fascinating topic. So
0: okay, and m- maybe one last question to to close us out. I'm I'm cu- curious on the on the recovery side of the house. What are you seeing? Um, just maybe from a ransomware perspective, and and keeping you know environments safe and secure. How important is recovery? You know, we know it's important, but are you seeing? Anything that you feel maybe CIOs need to hear as it comes to just recovery overall of, of their data and their applications?
1: yo know, first number one, do a backup. Okay, I mean, you, I mean, it's it's like if you have a backup, your your your, your chance of recovering. You will know, make sure your data is back up. I mean, it goes up like from you know zero percent up to like ninety percent. I mean, all these other features that everyone's talking about back up your data okay make sure you have a backup of it i mean i don't care if it's to you to a thumb drive i mean back it up to something uh that that'll that'll tremendously increase your possibilities of recovering. uh secondly i would say the next thing is probably this uh, data immutability where company uh, where i mean hackers are becoming more sophisticated now they're going after the backup software and the backup providers they're trying to hack that first because they can compromise that then then they really got you because then you can't get to your backups Uh, maybe they're compromising the logins so that's the, the second thing and then when you think about recovery it's like okay you, you can't just you can't automatically assume that well if i recover the data that it's all 100 percent pure i mean you don't again these bad actors are are becoming more sophisticated they're, they're gonna they may have they may have gotten your environment six months ago and they're just attacking this week first so if you recover something from yesterday or last week even though it looks good their code may still be kind of implanted in there so it doesn't mean that it's probably fine. I mean, in terms of recovering it, you can recover it, you can read it, but there might be some files that have the ransomware in it that may have triggered the attack. So you need to be a little bit circumspect. I mean, I mean, don't ever just assume that once you recover, everything's gonna be fine forever. I mean, the, the, I mean, ransomware is scary, but the stats on those who've been attacked by ransomware and get attacked again, they're almost, I mean, those are the really terrifying ones. Uh, I mean, the one report I wrote a few, like about a year or two ago, uh, the company that was attacked by it, they've been attacked twice since then because they found that hole and they just keep coming back into it because they haven't passed all the holes in their infrastructure. So the best they do is never be attacked. But once you're attacked, then you really need to be on your guard because then now they know where you know where the holes are in your infrastructure. So those are the things I would really, really encourage CEOs to think about.
0: And c- close us out with what you are reading. What, what's on your nightstand?
1: What's on <laughs> uh, I nightstand? I mean, I'm like a, a big fan of uh, like Thriller novels and that sort of stuff. So, like you know, like mm-hmm. any of the Jason, like Robert Ludlum, and all those. I mean, I've always been like you know, okay, uh, you know, thriller, murder mystery. Those are are always sitting on my nightstand. If you know, so when I have time, I try to read those. That's that's sort of my favorite.
0: Gotcha, story. gotcha. Well, uh, it's it's been super informative to to hear your your insights and your perspectives, and I'm sure that the data protection gumbo listeners also walked away with a a few nuggets of information as well. Okay. So is, is there any any uh, thing that you would like to, anyone you would like to shout out or?
1: Uh, well, yeah. So, um, you know, there's uh, you can go out to DCIG uh, LLC. That's our Twitter feed or you follow Jerome Went. You can, you know, catch us there. And then we, we usually post a week. You can also go out to DCIG.com. There, you know, if you wait, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds to get a little subscribe. little thing will pop up, ask you to subscribe to our newsletter. So if you want to just hear what we're talking about, it's top of mind. You know, just all we need is your email address. You know, you really try not to follow. You know, Unless you sign up for one of our reports, we're not going to have anyone else contact you. you just sort of keep it, keep in touch with what's going on.
0: All right. Well, Jerome, it's been a pleasure to have you on Data Protection Gumbo. I appreciate the time that you've spent. And uh, we'll, we'll have to get you back again in the future.
1: That sounds great to me. It was great to meet you. And thanks for reaching out. It's a pleasure to be on your show. All
0: right. And before we go, just wanted to let the uh, listeners know that there is a backup and recovery professionals LinkedIn group that, that I run uh, over 25,000 professionals in that group. And we have great conversations about the industry, data protection, security, backup storage, uh, similar things that we, we discussed here on this episode. So please be sure to go out there and join and uh, back up often and stay secure.